0: to you today, and I hope you'll preach along with me. Luke, the 22nd chapter and the 31st verse, the Bible says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, and the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. The cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me let us go to the Lord today and ask him to talk to our hearts today if you would Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy, God. We thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. But, oh, God, may you search deep down inside of our hearts, Lord, into the secret parts of our God. Lord, and find any envy, God, and jealousy and strife and division, God, amongst our hearts, Lord. God, may you find any sin, Lord, any hindrance, God, that can put us aside, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that your search ever been of it God. Lord may we come forth tried as gold Lord before you Jesus. Lord may you help us God in the hour Lord that we're living God. Lord and strengthen us Lord before the battles that are ahead God. In the precious name of Jesus Lord we come before you in Jesus lovely name. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to say that you know, it's, uh, it's something to preach a message that will tickle your ears and tickle your ribs. It's good to preach a message of shouting because I love preaching them. But there's something that's going on within my heart the last couple of days that's really been disturbing me. And it's one thing, that, you know, for us to have great revivals, to have a great influx of souls come in. But on the other side, there's another story after the revival is gone. On the other side of that revival, it's keeping them people there. I've seen revival come, and I've seen revival go. I've seen people come in by the numbers, and then I've seen them go out by the numbers. But my heart is burned today over the people that stay within the house of God and don't even realize that their very soul is being shifted into a very depths of hell, sitting right within the church of the living God and don't even realize that their things are going on within their lives and they're shifting it into hell. If you don't already know what I'm gonna preach about, I'll just tell you I'm gonna preach about sifting into hell. Peter was a man who had a lot of boldness. A man with a lot of self-confidence. A man who God entrusted a lot with. Peter was just an ordinary man when Jesus had called him. But after that calling, God put something upon his life that was more than just a a similar saint of God. Friend, he had a calling upon his life. And Peter was a man just like you and I. He had flesh and bone, just like I do. But Peter told the Lord... It came a time that the Lord knew what was gonna happen not too far down the road and Peter told him, said, no, Lord, it won't happen. He said, I'll go unto death with you, Lord. And the Lord told him, said, Peter, you won't do such a thing. He said, before this day's even over, you're gonna deny you even knew me and sometimes within our own lives, we come to the place that we have so much self-confidence built up within our lives. We think that we're some god or something. We think that we cannot fall. We think that there's something built up within us, friend, that we cannot fall before anybody else. We think we're so strong and mighty that there's nothing that can grab a hold of us and bring us down. But I wanna warn you today, the Bible says we aren't fighting a flesh and blood battle, my friend, but we're fighting against spirits, against principalities and powers, against the darkness of this whole world, my friend, against spiritual wickedness in high places. My friend, we're fighting against a battle that's not ours, but it's the Lord's battle. I want us to realize something. In this camp here, sometimes we can come here and we can shout the glory down. And then on the other side, there's someone standing right next to us. They're going through a trial. They're going through a, a hardship. And the Bible plainly says this. He it says, this know also that in the last days that perilous times shall come. And there's gonna be men that are gonna love pleasures more than they're gonna love God. There's gonna be men that are gonna be boastful, proud, blasphemers, unthankful, unholy, covenant. Inside within these services, there are people that come to our services, friends that got bad spirits. There's something wrong within their heart. There is something wrong down deep inside, and they're not not—they're too proud to bow down to an old altar of a prayer, a place that they can find refuge and strength. They're afraid to bow down to that place that they can get help for their very soul. They can get help. Instead of curing the problem, all they want to do is make the problem worse. Instead of coming to an altar, they'll stand back and think they're too good. They'll come down to an old altar and bow their knees to a living God. Friend, who could give them strength in the time they were living? But what do they want to do? They want to keep on feeding, that little sore. They want to keep on feeding that little pain. My Bible tells me that there is a sifting going on. And I tried in my mind to think, I said, Lord, why in the world would you have chosen a man like Peter to tell him something like this? Why didn't you choose somebody like Judas? Somebody like Demas? Somebody like that, Lord. Why didn't you choose somebody in the Bible, Lord, that was a failure? Why did you choose somebody that the people looked upon? Somebody, Lord, that you called. But I began to realize that Peter was just a man just like you and I. Friend, he was flesh and blood. And he was a man that had temptation. He was a man that knew what temptation was. But I want you to realize something before you think that you'll never fall. The Bible said that pride come before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And if you don't think that you'll ever fall, friend, I'm sorry to tell you, you're gonna fall somewhere along the way. You're gonna find it's hard to get back up. But Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Perilous times shall come, hard times, troublesome times things within our lives that we cannot understand and I will say if we're not prayed up sometimes it will get the very best of us it will bring us down to our knees and that's just the place that God wants to bring us down to Peter was a man of a lot of self confidence Lord I won't deny you Lord I won't do such a thing Sometimes we stick our foot in our mouth before it comes to pass. Trials, trying times. Don't ever think that you won't have them. Live them for God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But, my friend, we are wrestling a battle that is a spiritual battle. And there are spirits within this very service today. If we could all look within each other's mind and tell each other what we're thinking. Friend, you want to know a chaos. <laughs> Woo. There's probably somebody sitting within this service maybe it has some hard feelings against somebody else. Maybe there's somebody within this service that's got some hatred for their brother or out in their heart for some matter or another. Maybe they've had some kind of a a division. Maybe there's been something within their lives I wanna tell you though, we gotta get it with out of our hearts if we plan to make it to heaven. We gotta get every little bit of envy and strife and jealousy and bitterness. You know bitterness is one thing that will send you to hell. Just like anything else will. We think so much of the out mortal sins. We think about smoking a cigarette. We think about you know cussing. We think about drinking. We think about addiction of the needle and the pushing of drugs and things being so bad. But my friend, I'm gonna tell you something. Bitterness, envy Jealousy, strife Division will send you to hell Just like any of the other scenes will And don't you think one minute That you got it made with bitterness in your heart You need to find your place for God And say oh God Get this bitterness, Lord out of my heart Lord get this division Lord Out of my heart God Lord get this sin Lord I don't want to go to hell God It will send you to hell Just like anything else will I'm sick and tired. Sometimes we come to services. Friend, I went to church after church, and I see some of the things go on. I see to myself, my God, how in the world can these things go on? How can people let these things go on within their lives? How can they come into a service where the presence of God is the kind of glory is falling down? And they can sit there with all kinds of bitterness and envy within their heart. I say, Lord God, how in the world can these people come before you, Lord, with this kind of feeling within their heart? My Lord, get it out of my heart, God. I want to be saved, Lord. I'm going to say something here. I didn't even have in my message, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Bible talks about when Samson was chosen of God says that he was anointed. God had chosen him. But there's one thing about Samson when he was chosen that people did not even realize when he was chosen what God had really chosen him for. God had chosen him to deliver them out of the hand of the Philistines. And Saints, I want to tell you something right now. If you think one moment that you can bind up your minister, you think that it's right to bind his hands up from preaching things that are right. If you think one moment that you can stop him from preaching the word of God, you're wrong there are some things that you need just to hush up about and listen to the man of God about just for a little bit. Because Samson was a man that was chosen of God. He was chosen to deliver Israel, the hand of the Philistines. And when he was chosen, the Bible says that he was up on a mountaintop. He was all by himself. And the Philistines came down to the men of Israel and told him, said, hey, we want you to bring up Samson to us. He's done a lot of bad things. And you know, the Philistines." come down and they said we were going to destroy Israel and there's only one thing they wanted they wanted Samson so what happens the men of Israel go up to get Samson the Bible says when they went up to get Samson that they come up before him the whole town did the whole city, all the men friend, they knew what Samson could do to them So what did they do? They all come up together. And when they come up, the Bible says that all of a sudden, Samson, he did not want to hurt his own people. They didn't even realize that he was their deliverer, really. They didn't even really realize what God had really chosen him to do. Their eyes were blinded to it. So they come up and say Samson, all you're doing is hurting us. We don't want you around here anymore. We want you to go down to them Philistines. We want you, we want to take you down there and give you down to them. We want to bind you up and give you unto the Philistines. So what happens? They bind him up with new ropes, new fetter of ropes that have never been used before. And they take something and they bind him up and they put these ropes around him and they tell him they're going to take him down there. When they take him down there, I want to tell you something, Saint of God. If you think that you can put ropes around your minister for preaching things that are holiness and things that are right and true, you're wrong. You don't even realize that the man of God is the one that will sit here to deliver you out of sin. Come He's a one that God has chosen to be that minister of reconciliation to bring you from out of darkness into this marvelous light. And sometimes we don't even realize that God is a very one that has chosen these men of God to do the very thing that he has sent them to do. And sometimes we think, "Well, man, they're preaching things that are too hard for me to do. I can't live up to it. I can't live that way. I can't do that thing." Yes, you can. If you'll just fall under submission to them for a little bit, if you just read the word of God and find what the word of God has to say you'll find what it really has to say for you and it's easy living for God but sometimes we want to bind up the man of God we want to bind him up we want to bind him up well that didn't cost you nothing Hell is mentioned 243 times in the Bible. It's mentioned five times more than the place that we like to think about called heaven. Heaven is a great place, it's a splendid place. It's a place that I desire to go to. It's a place beyond this world, my friend. The Bible says we can't even comprehend the things that God has put in store for the saints of God. He's got so many things, man, i tell you, friend, prepared for rest, it's unbelievable but then on the other side of the story, hell is mentioned more times than the word heaven is. Hell is mentioned so many times in the word of God. My friends, sometimes when we just read the word hell, it ought to wake us up. But I want to tell you another story. Sometimes we use a word by word so much. You hear it, what I'm saying. You hear it so much in the world that it just becomes common. It becomes something that don't even disturb us. You hear what I say? Hell is not just a passing word. To some people it is. My friend, hell is something more than just what you think it is at times. Hell is a place of torment. Hell is a place of anguish, of out of darkness. Sometimes you hear about hell and it's talked about so lightly. but My friend, hell is alive. It's just like the glorious place of heaven is. The glory that you feel down here in this life here of heaven. The Bible says it's just a earnest of our inheritance. It's like a lollipop. You know, you take one good lick of it, it's pretty good, and then they take it away from you. You know, you just get a taste of it down here. But I'm going to tell you, hell is alive. There is parts where you could say there is touches of almost hell here on earth. Some people live in a total hell in this life they have hardships, or are people in the world that have hardships. But on the other side, I think about those who've come and sit within these services. I think about how that they have felt the glory of God fall all around them, how they have felt that power of God just shake every bone within them. Some of them sit right beside you. Maybe some of them came to these youth camps when you were smaller. Some of you preachers maybe had some friends of yours when you came here a long time ago and sit right next beside of you. But they're not here today. They're not sitting beside you today. Maybe there's some young people within your church. Friend, they're playing the... The fifth line row—they're having a hard time within their life, and there's some hardships they're facing. Why? Because there's a sifting going on. Hell's making its call. It's grabbing a hold of everybody it can. It's grabbing a hold of saints. My friend, there were pillars in the church of the living God. It's grabbing a hold of ministers. My friend, that were strong in God and doctrine and holiness standards. There's some of them that were built up on this thing. It seemed like they put everything they had into it. They had all their life. and gave everything to Jesus. But somewhere along the way, something began to happen within their lives. And I wonder sometimes what it was. What is it? Was it bitterness? Was it hardships? Was it the love of money? Was it the love for strange women? What was it, oh God, that got a hold of them, Lord? Lord, I'm wondering, God, what is it, Lord, that's calling them? Because there's a system of hell that's going on in the church of the living God. Some of us think it ain't going on. We think everything's rosy and nice. We come and we feel the power of God falling all around us. We see people shouting the victory, but we stand there with our arms crossed. We stand there with awe and say, my, my, they're having a good time. And all of a sudden we're beginning to realize when time goes along and something has happened within our own vessel, we've let some all out. We've despised despised. We looked up wanted as a man did a lamp when he's at ease. The Bible says in Job the 12th chapter in the 5th verse, the Bible talks as a man his feet has nigh slipped it says a man who looked upon the lamp with that ease. My friend, he didn't want to get up at that time and go fix that lamp. He didn't want to go put some oil in it, Brother West He wanted to wait till morning time to put that oil in it. But it was too late at that time and some of us are just the same way. My friend, we come to these services and we sit here at times. We need to put some oil within our vessels. I know this is the cream of the crop, crop that comes to, to camp meeting, but then on the other side of the story, there's some of you might not be here next year. There's some of you, maybe it's got a sifting going on within your life. Maybe you need to be strengthened. And oh God, we sit back at all. Say, I'll do it in the morning. I'll do it next service we got some pride in our lives you know we can come to camp meeting with our nice suits on and we can go over there and brush off the bench and sometimes we won't even lift our hands to the God of glory we won't even lift our hands to the king of kings I say how sad how sad we can't even lift our hands to the king of kings. And then you say one day you want a white robe. You say you want a, a garment that is like wool, fine linen. Oh, God. Sometimes we've got to come to the old altar again. We've got to come to that living water and get rid of every bit of pride. Sometimes we come with envy in our heart. Did you know envy is talked about more in the Bible than jealousy, pride? Envy. Envy. It'll eat you up. It'll eat you up. Envy. 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 Envy will send you to hell. Just like smoking a cigarette will send you to hell. Oh, well, you gotta get envy out of your heart. You gotta get bitterness out of your heart. I think about Joseph. How that Joseph is a man of dreams, the Bible calls him. How that Joseph dreamed dreams. He had visions from God. And his brothers looked upon Joseph with hatred. In envy, they looked upon Joseph because Joseph was a man of dream and a vision. Oh, I wonder if some of us sometimes we ain't got envy and bitterness in our hearts because we look upon somebody else. Maybe they're being blessed of God in a different way than we are. Maybe they're putting the limelight just a little bit more than we are. Maybe, you know, they, the pastor uses them just a little bit more than you know than some of us. And envy rises up within our heart. Then a little bitterness grabs a hold of it. And we become bitter until we want revenge for them. Bitterness was one thing that Joseph had to conquer Bitterness was one thing that Joseph had to conquer. I'll tell you, if your brother sold you in the bondage, don't tell me that it wouldn't be hard to have bitterness rise up within your heart and revenge don't tell me if one of your brothers go out there and maybe backbite you and tell somebody else about what you've been doing or something that you know maybe told a lie against you. Maybe one told the superintendent or somebody. Maybe one told your pastor something about you a little bit of bitterness wouldn't rise up within you. Oh, God knows you, brother. My God knows your heart. Every sin's gonna be found out by God. You think sometimes it ain't gonna be found out. My friend, it's gonna be found out. Every sin's gonna be brought before God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we wanna say, hey, these things aren't to me. Yeah. If the shoe fits, you ought to wear it. If the shoe fits, you ought to wear it. Hell is talked about so lightly sometimes, we just let it pass by us. We talk about it so lightly at times, when we read it in the Word of God, when it really ought to waken us up. The Bible says that Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I see things going on today that I never thought I'd see before. I've not been living for God a very long time, but I realized some things that I never realized before that can get a hold of your heart right within the church if you don't watch out. Demons have forsaken me having loved this present world. I can look at this congregation today, and if I would come back this time next year, I hoped I wouldn't see none of you gone. But then on the other hand, there could be, there could be, because there's a sifting going on, and we don't know who could be next. I worry when I preach things like this here I really worry when I preach things like this here because I realize that we're just flesh and blood and something can happen and that we can fall if we don't pray for one another we can fall easier the Bible says pray you one for another Pray one for another. I wonder if Demas would have failed if he would have really been prayed up. Somebody else would have been praying for him. Because Demas could have been just like a lot of others and sit right within our services. When everybody else is praying, they're sitting around talking. When everybody else is shouting the victory, You know what they're doing? They're standing back wondering what's gonna happen next. And they wonder if they're gonna shout the victory next. My friend, you gotta feel after him, because he ain't far from us. But if you never feel after him, my friend, you can be the very next one that can go out the door. Why? Because hell is alive and it is sifting people into the very depths of it. I know just the other day, I went home and I see some people that I hadn't seen for a while. They've been in church for years. Years. We just go home and find out the news that they had backslid, had long, beautiful hair, she cut it all off. Beautiful hair. Had a beautiful experience with God at one time. He played the organ in a soul one of the churches. Could play. Used of God. But I wonder what happened along the way. What happened along the way? Was he so self-confident of himself that he didn't need to pray, he thought. Did he come to the place that, well, I'll I'll never go out into the world. Doesn't ever happen to me. There's no need for me to pray. There's no need for me to read the word of God. Oh, God. Church, there's a sifting going on. I said there's a sifting going on. We ought to be awake. The parable, the ten virgins, the Bible says, at midnight there was a cry made. At midnight there was a cry made. And all the virgins arose out of sleep. The Bible says that all of them were asleep. All ten of them. All of them got up to trim the lamps. Five of them had enough oil, but the five were foolish didn't have enough oil. My Lord, we're here at Camp Meeting where the glory is falling. We're here where we can get renewed. We're here where we can get some oil in our vessels. But My Lord, what's happened to us? Why aren't we reaching out to God, you that are standing back in awe? Why aren't we reaching up to God? Lord, to that living water, out of that well where the Bible says with joy. shall so you draw water out of the well to salvation. Why aren't we reaching up to God and say, Lord, fill my cup, Lord. Lord, get this bitterness. Uh. Lord, fill my cup with some oil. Get this envy out of my heart, Lord. Fill me up with some oil, God. Get this hatred, Lord, out of my heart. We preach so much on the outer sins at times that we forget about them inward sins. My friend, they'll send us a hell just like the outer sins will. Yeah, Demas, he walked away probably from one of the greatest revivals that any of us probably ever see. Demas was with a man called Paul. Paul was a great man of God, a man that was used mightily of God. And how is it that him been around a man who was used like Paul was? How is it that him seeing the manifestating power of God working people's lives miracles? Why, you know, maybe Demas could have been just like some people, you know, who were just like Joseph's brothers. Maybe he had some bitterness and envy and jealousy rise up in his heart because Paul was being so mightily used of God. And Demas was helping Paul. Maybe he didn't like that position you know the bible says be content be content in whatever situation that you're in godliness with contentment is great gain and sometimes we look to the limelight. Sometimes we look way out there. And if we don't find it in the church, you know where we'll go to? We'll go to the limelights of the world where the dog pins are. To find, try to find our pleasures there. to find that place that we can be looked up to. When we ought to go to a place right down here before this pulpit get on our knees and say oh God get this bitterness and envy and jealousy and hatred Lord out of my heart God Lord humble me God get a hold of my heart Lord oh yeah even us preachers need to do that sometimes even us preachers need to get some envy and jealousy out of our heart some division in our heart out we're not exempt from it Demas was a preacher he was used of God Maybe he was going to be another Elisha. I don't know what that demons could have been, but I know one thing. He wasn't because he left God. He went into a world that didn't even love him. He went back into the pit that he came out of. He was like a dog who turned back into its vomit. The Bible says that. And I wonder sometimes if that, that ain't how some of us are. We don't really want the God to tickle our ears. We don't really want God to just give us some joy down deep. Men love pleasures more than they love God. Men love pleasures more than they love God. I know a young man who was used in this church. He was used a lot in this church. But you know, we teach against competitive sports. And this young man was used quite a lot in his service by his pastor. But something happened one day to that young man. Been to church for a while. But he started playing ball on the team at school. Something began to happen to that young man. He came to church like other times, like nothing ever happened. Like nothing had ever happened but one day something happened that he did not know some reporter was there at the ball game and somebody knocked a pop fly out to left field and he was running across to catch it and snap somebody got a picture you know where that picture was on the front page of the news Of the sports part, he didn't even know it. Sunday morning, he got up to go to church. As he went there, he thought everything was all right. But he got there, and the pastor called him in in his office and said, "Son, I want to know something." He said, "Uh, "Is everything all right?" He said, Yeah. He said, You sure everything's all right with you and God? Yeah. His pastor reached in his desk, pulled out the newspaper, and opened up to the sports column and showed him on the front page of the new sports column. Saying, Who is this? He didn't have nothing to say. He didn't have nothing to say. I'm telling you, young people, there's a sifting going on in the church. And I can't tell you if it's you right now, but it could be. It could be. It could be you. I can't tell you tomorrow. I can't tell you next year. It could be you. It could be you. Judas loved money. Judas was a disciple. But Judas had a love for money. And Judas betrayed his Lord over some money. And there's a lot of people in this world today that would live for God if it wasn't because of money. But some of them won't give up because of money. I want to tell you, you gotta get it out of your heart. You gotta get every bitterness. You gotta get that love of money out of your heart. You gotta get that love for sports out of your heart. You gotta get that love out of your heart for the worldly things, the pleasure things of the world. You gotta get it out. You gotta get it out of your heart. Oh, I'm telling you. You've got to get some of them things. You've got to sift them out of your own life. Don't let it be, be a weight in your life because it could turn to a sin. The Bible says lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily besets us. First of all, it could become a weight to us. But sooner or later, it might turn into a sin to us. We've got to get that weight off of us that it don't turn into a sin Friend, we need to get some things out of our lives. We need to get them off of our hearts. If you're fooling around with sports in the world, you need to get out of it. You need to depart out of it. My Bible tells me come out from among them and be a separate the Lord. He didn't say stay in the world. He said come out from them. He said don't you go and, you know, just be brother to brother with them. My friend, God did something for you. He said you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How are you going to praise him if you're on a ball field out there? How are you going to praise him in a worldly amusement? Some things that they used to preach about 15, 20 years ago, my friend, ain't even a sin nowadays. Playing on the team at work. Oh, well, I know some things we can be too overbearing on and we can just pick at every little thing. But some of these things, my friend, we know that are wrong. But they're still all right to some of us, my friend. We just serve the conscience. There's some things we need to get out of our hearts. We need to get them all out. We serve the creature more than the Creator. We want to please ourselves than we more than we do want to please God. As long as it pleases us, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I thank the Lord that one day he found me when I was walking down the street. My friend, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. He showed me in the word of God how to live. And my friend, I can live according to the word of God. I can live holy and righteously in his sight. And I don't have to worry about what the devil has to say. Because as long as I keep on my knees before God, as long as i humble myself and fast and pray and seek God's face, Lord, uh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I can tell him from a clean conscience and a pure heart, thank you, Jesus, for giving me one more chance, Lord, to say your precious name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, that I can come to your house one more time, Lord. Lord, I don't count the grudge, Lord, to come to your house. I count it a privilege, Lord. As we stand. I don't even know what time it is that I don't have a watch here with me. But we're living in perilous times the Bible says. I don't want to say saints. I don't know what's going to happen next. On the agenda. I've heard some people telling me about brother... Munchie preaching about being ready, rapture ready or something. But you know, if you want to make it in the rapture, if you want to make it in the rapture, you need to get every little bitterness, envy, strive, that worldly feeling uh, out of your heart and say, God, cleanse me. Lord, clean up my heart, God. Oh, God, clean up my heart. I don't want to become a Nicobar, Lord. I don't want to be called a one of them, Lord, where the glory has departed from me, Lord. Lord Jesus, I want you to get a hold of my heart, God, and purify God. Clean me up, Jesus, in your lovely name.